Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey there, this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Life topics the way I see them. I'm your host, Nina Perez. I am here to challenge and transform your thinking. No excuses. Let's do this. What's up, y'all? This is Nina. How are you guys doing? I haven't spoken to you in a minute. So I am a little bit nervous and excited because on Monday, so today is already Saturday, uh, July 27th, and on Monday, I am going to um, Tillery, Haiti, and... um, uh, Dominican Republic. And I am going with an organization called the 900 Project. And we are uh, raising money currently to plant breadfruit trees in that uh, village that um, houses about 7,000 people. And um, it's a very, uh, very poor area. They don't have any electricity, no running water. Um, and this organization, the 900 Project, is um, donating 5,000 trees and we are hoping to do it within the next year, year and a half. So we're super excited. I am uh, very nervous because I've never been on a mission trip before, but I am um, excited about what I will be doing there. And hopefully I know that I'm thinking I'm going to be helping them, but I bet you that they are going to be helping me. You know, sometimes I forget about the comforts that we have here Um in the U.S. and you know, sometimes when we when we're bitching and complaining, we don't realize um, how ridiculous that is to others who don't have all the stuff that we have. Anyway, all of that to say that I did a really great interview with the 900 Project, and so I wanted to bring that to you here today. So here is our very first episode of Straight Talk No Sugar Added Talk Show. And if you haven't already, go onto YouTube, look up Straight Talk No Sugar Added and start subscribing, clicking like to the channel. That way we can grow our audience and bring you more amazing content. So here you go. Here's the show. I hope that you like it. Write to me at hello at Straight Talk No Sugar Added. And also you can go onto the 900project.org and you can give money. You can see what they're doing there. You can see how you can get involved. Maybe come with us next year. So here you go. This is our first episode. So we are super excited because I had the most amazing people here. And this is from the 900 Project and they're a non-for-profit organization here in Connecticut. And I wanted to introduce them to you guys. So with me today, I have Sherry Pacey and I have Tara Kohlberg Bullock. And they're gonna be sitting here with me today just discussing this wonderful project so that you can learn more about what we are doing. So thank you ladies so much for coming. I am excited. You are the ones I wanted here first. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I wanted you to just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Why don't we start with that? So Sherry? Yeah. um, Like she said, I'm in charge of the 900 Project. And uh, my husband and I have been running the 900 Project since 2012. And uh, we could probably talk about that later on. I'm a phys ed teacher in Stanford High. Awesome. And um, I'm a mother of two boys that keep are you full of doing energy. the phys ed. That's why you do yes. phys ed. <laughs> so they keep me on my feet. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tara? Hi. Hi. Um, I am Tara, and I live in the area. I work in the area. Um, I became a part of the 900 uh, prop project in 2018 so quite oh, wow. recently Recent. yeah um, and it's just one of the most exciting things I've ever done and I'm so proud <coughs> and honored to be involved in such a great organization um, I have two kids that are uh, 17 and 15 and my husband as well we um, 
are just excited. <coughs> the kids and I uh, um, have been to Haiti and the oh, Dominican good. twice already. Oh, I was going to ask that. That's wonderful. We're just very excited to go forth in it. Are, are the kids going to be involved again as well? Yes. Or? Oh, my good. My son is planning a trip in August as well. Um, oh, that's to come along That's with wonderful. Us, with us as well. That's really great. So you must really like it if you're bringing them love, along. Right? Love. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be a third time in a year. So it's wow. Just, yeah. Well, you mentioned that it started in 2012, mm -hmm. right? So how, how did it start? Why why did the 900 project even start? And what does that mean? 900. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? Yeah. Good question. We. Uh, <laughs> My husband and I, we never imagined, you know, even being the leaders of a nonprofit or doing missions work at all. So we were involved with Black Rock Church, a high school ministry called Fusion okay. for a few years. And uh, both of us just loved helping the youth and getting involved. And the pastor there, Jeremy Taylor, uh, was always challenging us in our faith. And um, he was running a missions trip. And he's run this trip previously for about five years before we went. And uh, so we just felt led, you know, as the, a couple. To the same place? To the uh, same. Okay, to the same place. Yep. Okay. So it's the same trip that's been, you know, that's still continuing to go on. Oh, wow. And um, so we decided, let's go. Um, it was our just second year of marriage, and we wanted to, you know, be challenged, just like uh, Jeremy was telling us. So our team went. It was about 18 to 20 of us, okay. mostly high school students. I think there were only, like, four leaders there. Um and we just went, we ministered to children, we prayed in the community, we ran uh, vacation Bible school, nice. and all this was new to us. We really didn't have any clue what we were doing. Was this your first time on missions at all? At or all. At all, okay. At That's all. That's interesting, okay. So, I mean, it's amazing when God is moving mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. quickly. Uh, and we, so we just went, you know, we, we just stepped out and wanted to do something international and to serve the Lord. And uh, so part of the trip is the Dominican and Haiti, there's a, a shared island. Okay. There's a border in the middle that um, splits the island into two. And the leader down there um, always takes the group to see poverty. And we drive across the border into Haiti. It's okay, about an it. hour uh, trip. So we get on like this bus, a bigger bus, and we travel with the 20 of us uh, about an hour to Tillery, Haiti. And um, we just get out. We look at the poverty. You know, it's pretty much a lot of what you would see on TV when you see mm. those commercials They're of going kids through a that lot are there in Haiti. Yeah, yeah, kids that are hungry, kids that don't have clothes. There's just so many needs, no yeah. water. And so we got off the bus. We walked around for about an hour. We're how just did, how did the people receive you? Uh, They're kind of confused. Like, you know, it, it wasn't very often at that time in 2012. That, oh, that, that you would get that, off the bus yeah, and all that. Okay. It was only like once a year Okay. for a very short amount of time. And so again, it was mostly um, just for us to, to see the poverty, to see it with our own eyes, because there is a power when you see something with your own eyes yeah. that you can't unsee yeah. it. So it's definitely powerful. So once they kind of got the team back, they're like, get back on the bus. We're going to travel an hour, hour and a half back. So when we're on the bus, <clears throat> most of the team, I would say most of us, all had this stirring in our heart uh, from the Holy Spirit, like, why are you leaving? Right. Like, you're just right. going to leave them there and go back to, like, America? And we were just, I, I felt like the conviction was over the whole bus. Wow. Everybody was feeling it. And are these people that have been on this trip before, or were you all, like, pretty new most of trip. us were new. Okay. And again, it was just a group of young high school yeah. kids that, you know, even my husband and I were just very new. Right. I was very new to Christianity, and we were new to missions and all this. So we right. got off the bus. I mean, we were floored just seeing people living like that. And the village has about probably seven or 8,000 people oh, living wow. there. So It's a good size. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of need. Know, and a lot of need. Yeah. So... We were on that bus, and we were... Now, now you're driving back at this we're point. We're driving back uh -huh. um, to go over the border, back to the Dominican Republic, and just pretty much go on with life. And the group, a couple of us started talking, and then everybody started talking, and they're like, what are we doing? Like, we're just going to leave them there? Right. So we decided, and you know when, like, kids get really excited and, like, want to do something, we're like, let's go back. That's bold. So... That's bold. We literally just <laughs> told the bus to turn, to turn around. around. 
And we went back, we get off the bus again, and we go speak with the pastor because in this village there's not like a government or police or, you know, a president or anything like that. Wow. It's just the church. We went to the leader and we're just like, what can we do? What can we so do the, to help you? So the church you? that you went to, um, I'm just trying to understand the whole day, right? Mm -hmm. So the, when you went back, was this church already a church that was connected to um, someone and you guys knew about the church would, or you kind of randomly picked a church when you got there? This this connection is with our connections in the Dominican Republic. Okay. So okay. our leaders so there are connected. Uh, we, we really didn't have much interaction at that point. Okay. We do now. Okay. We're, we're very close with them now. So when you went trip. back to see him, what, 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 was, what was the need? So, yeah, so we asked him and, you know, you look around and you could see people just so much need right but we're like immediately thinking water they have no water right they're thinking food we're thinking clothing because a lot of us we've never seen something like this mm, you right. know just naked children running all around yes. so wow. we went kind of with what we thought he was going to say and actually the top thing that he said they needed were latrines Wow. And something you probably would have never thought I of. I never thought of that. I would have never thought of that. I didn't even know what a latrine was. Right. <laughs> I had no idea. Right. And so, like, through this whole process, so the pastor said latrines. He wow. said, if you look around, there's all these um, UNICEF tents, mm -hmm. which were actually, like, hosts for 20 or 30 people that were suffering from cholera. Oh, wow. So there was a, a huge cholera outbreak in 2012. Was there like one main river or something that everybody was using? Yeah, so there, there is a river. Okay. It's pretty much the only source of water they have. Uh, uh, many people use sense. it for bathing. Washing. Washing and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and so that makes sense. before latrines, people were just going to the bathroom pretty much all over the village. Right. You know, and there was also, you know, I think one of the big things for them was like the dignity. Yeah. Of like... That's having huge. some privacy to go that to the bathroom. Because I'm assuming if he said you needed latrines, then I, I'm assuming that either only a few people had them or mm -hmm. no one had them. Right, right. right. So, I think they had, like, no, I wouldn't say the elite people, but some of the people, they have latrines there. And even on the Dominican, there's a lot of latrines. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but for me and some of us coming from America, I was like, I don't even know what that is. Right, So right. what it is is you just... Pretty much dig a 20-foot hole. Okay. It's like uh, three feet wide, 20 feet deep, which is pretty deep. That's pretty deep. And you put a toilet on it, and okay. then we surrounded it with four tin walls, which help provide for um, privacy right. and just a little, like, lock. Um, so there's no water involved. It's pretty much just an outhouse, mm -hmm. but it gives the, the people dignity. It, g it gave them, um, you know, some privacy and somewhere to go to the bathroom that helped. And so a few of the things I know you had asked about how, why it's called the 900 Project. Yeah. So one of the statistics that they gave was that um, only one <clears throat> or 100 out of a thousand families there had a latrine. So okay. they did have some latrines. Okay. And so we were looking to build 900 latrines for 900 for, families. Got it. Because they would share them. And um, so that's our original intention was to build 900 mm -hmm. latrines. And so the team went back, um, kind of making a long story short, but the team went back and came back to the United States, and we don't really know, but somehow the 900 Project is in my husband and I's name. Right. Uh, some of the leaders already had a nonprofit, so right. they gave it so to us. So you're next. So we came back, you know, that must have, with an That must idea. have felt monumental. Right? It was, because, I mean, you never, you know, first of all, you never even been on the mission trip. Yes, which is, never. Which is hilarious that you would come back and say, no, I'm doing a non-for-profit, yes. right? I mean, you're, you're talking about something that feels huge, mm -hmm. right? Because you're talking not just about 900 latrines that you're going to be um, having to dig somehow or have people mm -hmm. dig. Also, the finances that come along yeah. with that, right? And then to oversee the project to even think that it happens. That's like a mm -hmm. lot to think about. Yes. And the people attached to it, right? Mm -hmm. Because if, you're, if you've made that kind of promise, and I, mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about that too. Like when you spoke to them, did you yeah. make that promise, right? Because if you did, now they're looking at you like, are these people going mm -hmm. to do exactly. anything, right? Exactly. So it's yes. now having to be a person of your word on top of it. Yes. Yeah. What are we going to do? Right. So instead of like relaxing and everything, the whole team 
brainstormed. What are we going to call it? What are we going to do? Who's going to run it? How much is it? Yeah. And I remember just Pastor Jeremy Taylor was like, you know, this is from God. And if you're going to do it, I'm going to run into the ocean and you follow me if you want to join. You know, kind of like one of those moments where you're like sold out for God. And it was crazy. Trust me. We were like, (laughs) Thought it I was can crazy. Imagine so. So I would have looked at off. you kind of side-eyed a little bit. <laughs> he took off for the, the ocean. Right. And I, we look around and everybody just took off. And we ran in the ocean and we were like, we're doing oh my gosh, it. Actually, so you guys were serious. So we came back. And I thought you were using it as a metaphor. You actually no, we literally, literally ran. <laughs> we literally ran. Into I thought the you ocean. were using a metaphor. Okay, no. so you literally so ran did. into the ocean. Got it. And then, you know, we just came home and. You know, people thought we were crazy because we're talking about toilets all the time. And <laughs> we were like, I'm like looking at my husband. We're I mean, like, what are we doing? You had to probably learn that, right? Yeah. I mean, we you probably had, had to learn what does it mean no to idea. dig a latrine and what does it no mean clue. to put the walls up and what does a toilet actually yeah. look like, yeah. right? Because I'm sure it's not one of our porcelain toilets, yes, right? Yeah. But probably something you have to build, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Right? Yeah, it so was that's just, a lot of homework. It was a lot of research. My husband did all the <clears throat> paperwork for a 501c3. And, um, I mean, everything just really worked together. Wow. And it it was just following God's call. I mean, we went on that trip, and we, trust me, we were just going on the trip. We came back with a nonprofit and started this. So God, he just wants us to say yes. So I'm assuming that the 900 is the 900 latrines you needed. Mm -hmm. Did you get to even dig 900 latrines? And, And how did that even happen? So we had leaders on both sides. Okay. We employed people on both sides of oh, wow. Haiti okay. and the DR. So really so, it was oh, also wow. providing jobs. So then you took the funds from here and you give it to the leaders there and they employed some people mm-hmm. to dig these grounds, to dig the Right. Lines. So the only thing is that like, so when we do a lot of missions, we, right. really, we really focus on um, giving these people dignity. Right. You know, That's so huge. Because they're people and, and so they have huge. good hearts and they're smart and they they mm-hmm. we value them i mean right. god values them as much as you and i right and so the we want to treat them is that, that they way. were born in a different place exactly that's literally the so, only difference so um you know you were asking about the 900 latrines yeah. and the latrines so we required each family right who wanted to get a latrine to dig their own hole wow so if you really wanted a bathroom wow you dug your hole and that proved to us they wanted it because it. Trust me, it was not easy. I I don't even think I could even dig one twenty foot hole. I know. So and and you the really soil is really hard it. there yeah. and stuff. So I remember even stories of seventy year old women. I mean, digging their own hole because they needed a bathroom. And um, so we did build nine hundred latrines. We had help with a few other one other uh, nonprofit organization who partnered with us, uh, Cheerful Heart Ministry. And so it turned out that they actually didn't need 900 latrines. We um, built 1,286. <laughs> so there was way more wow. families than we had originally wow. thought. But the good news was that it, within three years, with, with the partnership of the other organization, that we raised over $300,000 and built the 1,200 latrines, and cholera was, like, gone. There were zero wow. cases of cholera. And, you know, not only that, village. but to your point... Also, you built the walls around it, right? Mm-hmm. So you literally gave these people a place to go to the bathroom, yeah. but a place to have dignity mm-hmm. and uh, the eradication of the cholera mm-hmm. in the village. Like, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. That's it incredible. Was, now, you would not amazing. have had that same kind of effect if you would have bought clothes. Right. Or right. you would have bought, you know, I don't know, food, right? Mm-hmm. Because that would have lasted them a day, two, right. maybe. Mm-hmm. And clothing rips and tears. Um, and those things are necessary, so mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to ever think they shouldn't right, do those right. things. You absolutely should do those things. But you went further than mm-hmm. that, right? So that's what intrigued me about <coughs> your organization, is that um, it just made me feel like you guys were looking at the person and the soul of mm-hmm. the person as opposed to just a quick need, right? right? What is that saying? Like you, you give a, a man a fish, mm-hmm. he eats for the day, but if you show him how to fish, he'll eat right. for a lifetime, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. And, um, and not only that, but you employed them, which gave them dignity mm-hmm. and now gave them mm-hmm. some finances right. too, right? right? So I'm assuming that at the families that dug their own hole, are they the mm-hmm. ones that got the finances for digging their so own we, hole? So we had all the leadership, mm-hmm. so we actually bought all the supplies on the Dominican okay, side. And we drove them over 
once, you know, obviously there was a lot of planning because there's so many families of and course. we did like 300 at a time. Wow. And, um, you know, huge. slowly, I mean, to build that many in three years that is pretty is amazing. Huge. And um, so we would bring the Gosh. supplies from the Dominican Republic to Haiti. So they never really encountered any money or anything. But, you know, like what you're saying about dignity and like yeah. just being able and to And the supplies. The I mean, how, this is probably why right. they couldn't get it done to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. Because if the supplies aren't there, yeah. how are they supposed to do it? So, right. and I think many of them, you know, a lot of times when we see big needs, I know for Tara and I, when we go, even when we go now, it's so overwhelming because they need, they still need they more. They still need more. Right. There's a laundry list of, of needs that aren't even like needs that we have in America. Right. But, but actual like daily life uh, needs, even, even just water, clothing, food, things like that. But it's important when we do this work is to always asking first the Lord for his direction right but also asking the people that live there yes because we would have came in and said water we would have came in and said clothes or yes. food and yes. it's important to ask the people that live yes. there all year long I agree. and so if we didn't contact the pastor we would have went our own way and maybe not have been so successful yeah I remember watching something uh, a couple of years ago um, after the um, earthquake mm -hmm. that they had and I don't remember which organization, and it's, it doesn't matter. Um, I just remember watching an interview of some of the families that were there, and they had built like these really eclectic, if you will, homes, and but the people didn't live in them. Mm. And um, so the reporter asked one of the Haitian families, why are you not living mm -hmm. in the house that's built? And he said, did you see that house? That is not even something we would live in. That is yeah. not our needs. It's mm -hmm. not what we right. need. Exactly. He goes, they didn't even ask us. They just built these eclectic, weird homes, yeah, and yeah. we don't know why they did that. And I was like, wow, maybe somebody should have asked them what they wanted first. So it's amazing that yeah. you're even saying that because I don't think we think that way. Mm -hmm. yes. um, people who want to give just want to give what they think you need. Right. Um, and, and there's no harm in that other than that person may not need that. Mm -hmm. You know, So you really should ask the person. First of all, I don't think it's a bad thing to ask the person because right. they know they're in need and you know they're in need. Yeah. So let's just find out what yeah. the need is, right? Yeah. Um, but sometimes I think we want to give so much that we, th we assume that we know what it is mm -hmm. you need, right? Mm -hmm. But you would have probably never in a million years come up with a latrine no. as the <laughs> give yes, that exactly. I have to give these people, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty amazing that that's how it started mm -hmm. from, uh, from a mission trip that you went to for the first time to just see, you know, just mm -hmm. to drive by. Right. So if, it, if you went in 2012, when did your project actually get started? Like, I'm sure it took some time to raise the money and, and get yeah, that started, it right? Yeah, definitely, I believe it took about six months to just get oh, the nonprofit <laughs> approval, and that's yeah. quick. Yeah, that's quick. But fundraising, we came back and we just started with fundraisers, you know, there was a lot of time where the, the team of the 20 people, I mean, we, we chose as a team to really sacrifice, sacrifice the way we were living, sacrifice spending, wow. sacrifice, you know, it's, it's not always forever. Right. But when you, when you, like I said, when you see that poverty, mm -hmm. it, you, it causes you to either act or to turn away. Right. Because you can't unsee that. And mm -hmm. so many of us, you know, we are just called to action sacrificial giving and, and just really going for fundraising and you know and knowing like there's just a sense of unity and working together for God. So how long did it take you then to raise the money that you needed to get started on the very first well you said 300 at a time right? We did 300. Yeah so well, how much how long did it take you you think to get the first um, initial steps going? Yeah I would say you know like 18 months, I think we raised like over a hundred thousand dollars. That's really good. And then we kind of hit, we did hit like a little slow period. Mm -hmm. And then um, we continued to try to raise money. And uh, what happened was another organization that does work in the same places that we were in was like, wow, this is such a great idea. And I see the need and mm -hmm. I see that you've already set up. And he definitely helped a lot financially. Oh, and so we, we just partner together because... Partnering is important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's never about competition. It's never about no. us or our name. No. We just want to to help these people and to, to give God the glory. So Amen. There's a lot of great, pro yeah. a lot of great organizations out For there sure. that are trying to help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But um, I realized that we can go in with like a lot of excitement and enthusiasm, but if we don't have the funds... 
it's right. very difficult to get it done, right? So mm -hmm. did you have like, like unique strategies or um, ideas of like how to do this fundraising? Because that's a, yeah, that's a big undertaking. It's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I know for ourselves and, and for my husband and I, you know, we really were just, the whole team was, was really just praying. Yeah. I would say that's like the number one number thing, one. Even, even for us now. Right. Is like if you're trying to do something in God's will and you just pray, doors will be open. And, right. And we, we truly believe in that. It's, it is very hard to fundraise. So sometimes with nonprofits, especially being the leaders, you just have to personally sacrifice. Yeah. You know, sacrifice the way that you live, sacrifice how you spend money, how you earn money, mm. and show by example. But, you know, one other thing is just taking whatever team that you have, you know, like when we work with Tara and, and other members from our team, is coming together and in prayer and then just kind of working together, you know. Mm -hmm. And and again, it's the, it's the valuing of the people that you're serving mm -hmm. and just being humble and not, thinking you're better than anybody else and one thing that we try to keep the team and all of us under under like being aware of is um, we're not better than anybody else and we don't do it you know to feel good about ourselves no. you know so I it's just that. it doesn't matter if if you're in the in the limelight or or nobody notices the truth is is that if you were doing it um, just to feel good about yourself mm -hmm. you would have died out six months in right you know, because you sure. feel good about it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing to stick it out this long, mm -hmm. it's not because you want it to feel good. Right. You right. know, uh, feel good comes and goes is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Yes. But commitment yeah. stays a little longer, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I know that that's not the only thing that you guys are doing, mm -hmm. right? So I know that the 900 Project started with the latrines. Mm -hmm. And then you guys uh, rolled into, from what I read, also... Um, scholarships is mm -hmm. that right mm -hmm. so yes. um is that was that around the same time that you decided to do the 900 or the 1200 and how many 86 1286 <laughs> latrines um is that when the scholarship idea came about or so we had about uh, 2015 to 16 is when we finalized the latrines like they were all done wow and um that was to, recent so they probably still look pretty good yes and good. we use them Good. Okay. I'll That's take awesome. <laughs> we use that. At least they allow you to. That's yes. a good thing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, around uh, that 2015 mark, um, I just had my first son. And then, you know, there was kind of a, a low period. I just had a, my first son, and then I, was, I had um, my second son. And so it was kind of like, this is kind of like a, we were either going to fold Right. We, we did this big project. It was amazing. God moved. Shut it down. Right. But even throughout my pregnancies and throughout raising my kids, I, I, I was like, there's still something there. Like, I just can't. We, can't let we it just go. can't stop. <clears throat> so we, were, we still did trips. We still uh, ran trips every summer. Some were big. Some were small. Is this even and, why um, you were pregnant and stuff? Or? I went, yeah, I went pregnant once. It wasn't. Maybe that the best bold. idea, but um, <laughs> using a latrine a lot while I was pregnant. Um, but um, so we were just like, what's something small that we could still make an impact, but it wasn't too big where we couldn't afford it. Right. You know what I mean? So we just we just got the idea of scholarships. And That's so cool. <clears throat> so I'm going to touch on that in just a sure. moment. We will be right back. Hi everybody, this is Sherry Pacey here with The 900 Project and I'm pleased to announce our newest campaign. After months and months of praying and fasting and seeking God's will for the village, we knew we wanted to do something to help. But in a village that has so many needs all around us, it's hard to pick one. So we wanted to seek God and His will for the village of Tillery, Haiti. And, and not only God delivered, He gave us the idea of breadfruit trees. The breadfruit tree can grow in dry, humid climates with very little water. It is called a superfood and can cure world hunger. Through God's direction and grace, He has connected us with Mary from Trees That Feed. Immediately, Mary was so excited to help in God's vision that she donated 3,000 trees from Trees That Feed. Growing breadfruit will help the local economy as well, bringing jobs, sales, trade, and ultimately hope for the future. 
So we're here to announce that we're launching a campaign to raise money so that we can transport the trees, plant them, and cultivate them here in Tillery, Haiti. The trees that were donated to us are currently in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. In order for us to get them to Tillery, it would take us about 12 hours for transportation. Breadfruit is an extremely fast-growing tree that can bear fruit in two to four years. A typical breadfruit tree can grow up to 85 feet and can produce over 700 pounds of fruit per year. Breadfruit is a complex carbohydrate loaded in protein and nutrition. This fruit can be fried, steamed, baked, mashed, or even blended. In a village like Tillery, with over 7,000 people, hunger is a major issue. Most kids and adults live off solely one meal per day. Even daily activities that are so simple, like school, work, or worship, are difficult for them because of the malnutrition. Breadfruit tree is a type of tree that can survive in this hot climate and with this dry and depleted soil, which is perfect for Tillery, Haiti. Doing this breadfruit tree campaign, we can't help but be reminded of 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5 to 7, where Paul says, one plants and one waters, but God gives the increase. And with the 900 Project, we are trusting in our Lord that He will give the increase and that these trees will produce the fruit necessary to sustain Tillery Haiti. Hello and welcome back again. I am Nina Perez, your host at Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. So we were talking with the 900 Project and Sherry was starting to talk to us about how they do a scholarship program at the 900 Project. So please continue. I'd love to hear how that even started because uh, we already talked about the latrines, those amazing latrines that you already built. Um, and so did the, did the scholarships come in at the end of the latrine project, like you just couldn't let it go, mm -hmm. or was it part of it? How does that weave? Yeah, well, there was definitely like a, I would say like a silent period. Mm -hmm. um, probably oh, yeah, the, with the, the year with the that kids, I had my right? yeah my first son. <laughs> Not silent and, uh, for you, yes. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not those nights. And um, so we were again. It was just heavy on our hearts to do something. Mm -hmm. And as as many needs as I've said before, education is is a huge need. You know, some families oh, yeah. have yeah. multiple kids. A few, the first few go to school, the the next few don't. Wow. And um, so, there's a lot of needs with education, but there's also a heavy need for the teachers. Um, there's mm -hmm. a few public schools and a few private schools. The private schools are obviously paid by the tuition that the families pay. Okay. And is that in the village as well? In like, the village. Okay. Yep. Got it. And I believe there's like 11 schools there. Okay. And uh, there's not every family can pay. So right. in the public schools where it's kind of like an outside government source okay. of people running it, if the teachers aren't paid, they don't show up. Right. So there's many days where there's no teacher wow. and just mm -hmm. 400 kids mm -hmm. running around just and waiting. they just go home. And so we, you know, I'm a teacher myself and I know the value of education and yeah. just empowering people. So we ended up, again, it's a long story short, um, interviewing people around the village, some that are currently teachers in Tillery, and those people that we could trust. So we actually started with seven. We picked seven students, and okay. we're paying for their college education wow. in Haiti. I believe it's in Capation, and they go to college there a mm -hmm. few days a week wow. to get their college degree, and we actually just bumped it up to 10 people. And um, I know Tara's met some of the scholarship mm -hmm. students before, and they come back when we see them every summer, they're just so excited so to tell us what they learned. That's yeah. amazing. So you've gotten to meet some of them? Yes. Um, on our last trip there, they were so excited to tell us what they have been learning and what was heartbreaking. One story is one of the boys, uh, young men, mm -hmm. I should say, that was expressing what he was learning. He was so excited oh. and he was learning about Thomas Edison. Oh. And he lifts his hand up to... De demonstrate a light bulb mm. and there was no bulb. I mean, they have no electric there. Right. So to wow. them, this is... That's profound. It's, mm. It was such yeah. a an eye-opener for us <clears throat> and so, I mean, humble for us to look at these eager students learning and wow. about things that happened so many years ago and they don't live in this, in this capacity mm. whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. That is, wow, that is humbling. It was. Wow, that's mind-blowing. No the things bulb. we take advantage yeah. of or don't know, yes. right? Or, yeah. I mean, we're sitting here now in a studio yes. full of lights and yes. a TV screen, and we mm -hmm. are, it's just pretty amazing that 
he's learning yes. about something he can't even see yeah. and actualize, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So that's pretty amazing. So when you have these, so now 10, now 10 scholarship yeah. um, winners, or I don't know how you uh, call it, but do they come together to... Are they all in the same college, first of all? They're all in the same college, okay. and they all travel together. Oh, they do? On motorcycles, wow. yeah. Wow. Um, okay, and is that a four-year college like it would be it's, here? It's four years. It is? Yeah. Okay. They're, they're somewhere between two and three years because okay. once we, like, started the program, they didn't get into college right away. Mm -hmm. We're also providing uh, the funds for them to have their passports and visas so they could travel. Oh, got it. Um, to the college, and yeah. even if they have to cross the roads in the Dominican Republic because Haiti's roads are... Very like bad. intertwined. Yeah. Oh, I see what so you're the, saying. So the roads in the Dominican are right. paved, so they can get there a little bit quicker. Got it. Um, so they have to have their passport in order to go yes. over and the so border and come back and in. come back yes. there because the, the college is yeah. in Haiti. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so these ten scholarship uh, participants, right? Do you when you go down? Because you said something about going down July, August, mm -hmm. right? We're going July and yep. August. So when. The group goes. Do does everybody get to meet them? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah they are they are amazing. <laughs> and you know, just to kind of close it out with that, just we know the value of education, and they're they're all willing to come back to the village of Tillery and teach <clears throat> and use their degree. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, you're good. And um, many of them bring their books back, and they teach their oh. siblings and their families. So, so it expands. It, it just education yeah, expands. We really feel that. Well, you can't take away education from somebody, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they can. You can take away like food. You mm -hmm. can take away all those things, but you can't take yes. away your knowledge. Yes. Yes. That is powerful. Yes. Yes. Ah, okay. So I know that there's an amazing project going on right now because you guys don't know when to stop, right? <laughs> no. So this is yes. why I wanted you guys here because I knew that you guys are shaker and movers and you guys get things done. And I am, you know, I have that kind of a mindset where I just want to get things done. Mm -hmm. um, and that just really drew me to what you guys do. Um, and then I heard about the latrines and the story, and then I heard about the scholarships. I heard a little more today. I didn't mm -hmm. know about all of this. Um, but I want you to talk about this breadfruit tree campaign that you guys are spreading all over the place. I see it on Facebook all the time. Mm -hmm. I saw it on YouTube. I think I saw Instagram. Yep. So it's all over the place. And we need to let people know about this because this is an amazing thing yes. and something that can change the mm -hmm. whole yes. landscape yes. there, right? Absolutely. So please tell me about this breadfruit tree campaign right. that you guys got going I'll on. I'll let the director tell you. Go ahead, no. director. We're really excited. We're really, really excited. Um, should be. God it's amazing. really put this in our lap. It was just um, it, totally him. And I say that because we had no idea what bre how breadfruit can grow, where it can grow. It was just a lot of prayer, mm. a lot of fasting. And what I love about the 900 products is that God leads and we follow. Mm -hmm. So so tell me how that, I mean, honestly, I, I, I know that and it, I just don't even know. Like, what does that look like? <laughs> what does that mean? Okay. Now, I will tell you that I am, yeah. you know, of Puerto Rican descent, yes. right? Yeah. So I, and I, I honestly did not even know about yeah. breadfruit trees that we call mapeng in Puerto uh, Rico yeah. until you talked about yeah. it, which is really bad. Yes. I hate to admit yes. that to all my Puerto Rican yeah. people out there. <laughs> really bad about yeah. that. But... How did you even come up with that? Like, how does even someone even say, okay, this is what they need? So we didn't know. Right. That's <laughs> the most incredible part. And what I, I really want to reiterate is that it's God's glory. It has nothing to do with us. Right. He dropped this in our lap. And how he did it was we were praying and we were fasting. God, what is the need? Right. We can ask them what the need is, and that's what I think all nonprofits should do, right. is ask the people. But when you have somebody on your side even higher than the people, mm -hmm. the creator mm. of that's the universe, come good. on, right? What that's do they good. need, God? Because they may not know. <laughs> and he, and through a lot of prayer and fasting, he just dropped a hint in prayer. Mm -hmm. And um, the the name breadfruit tree just came in because of an experience that um, I had gone to Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and I had um, gotten sick off of breadfruit trees oh, okay <laughs> and I ate it and I was like this is delicious this is amazing thought it was a potato and I ate it and we go through things in life sometimes and we don't know why we go through them you know 
and I never forgot it because I got so sick because I ate way too much. Oh wait, oh and that's I'm why. Like, what okay. What is this thing? Five years later, I hear about cholera getting annihilated on a video that the church made. I was visiting Black Rock, and cholera just getting wiped out of like, this how village cool is that? in Haiti, oh my God. and I'm just sitting there like, my God, you know. So good. You you tell these people to go, they go, and look what happens, you know. And I was just amazed and awed at at what the Lord can do with people. So I was like, I want to go on a mission trip. I want to go to Africa. I want to go here. I want to go there. And I met Sherry. Long story short, I go. We're trying to figure out what to do. What's the next step? We're praying. We're fasting. And I'm in the shower. And God's always talking to me in there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, God, what do we do? What do we do? And all I heard was breadfruit. I'm like, no, that made me sick. <laughs> right, right. And I went back to the meeting, and we had said we thrown ideas out there. And um, one of the things that was um, so w one of the ideas was food, you know, because they're hungry. Yeah. And um, hunger yeah. is a major issue with learning. Yeah. With just living. I mean, you can't do anything when you're hungry. Right. And. Um, when I said breadfruit, I remember one of the, I think it was uh, Matt, I, uh, Sherry's husband, I think he was like, how do you know it'll grow there? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I felt like such a dum-dum because I'm right. like, I don't know if it'll grow there. But um, I, God said it and I know it to be so. Yeah. So when we met with one of the leaders on the Dominican side who has an engineering degree and he works in agriculture, Culture. Mm -hmm. he of course said, he does. Uh, you know, right. I, yeah. he's like, how do you know about breadfruit? And we kind of were like, I don't know, you know, this is what we think God said. And he's like, that's the only thing that will grow there. Wow. And I was like, what? And I was like, look at that, you know. And what wow. I'm going to tell you about the breadfruit tree is so awesome. The roots of the tree bind the soil as it grows. Wow. So Haiti is known for when the rains come, the soil gets washed away, the waters get dirty, there goes cholera and all the diseases. There's so much sickness there. Nothing can grow because the, the dirt basically washes away, washes away seed, vegetation and all that. Oh, so when you look it. at Haiti, got it's it. dry. It's horribly dry. There's no greenery and the, the soil is so depleted. The breadfruit tree is able to go, grow in that depleted, dry, dry soil. Wow, of course. And the roots actually irrigate the soil and to the point of oxygenating the soil so that years to come, other things can grow. Wow. It's really quite amazing because it's not just for now, it's for generations to come. Right, and, yes. Um, one other thing about the breadfruit tree is the breadfruit tree is a very fast-growing tree. It's one of the fastest-growing trees. Um, that that type of climate can grow wow. and it bears about 700 pounds of food for these people a year after three wow. years of planting one of these little baby trees wow. they're getting food and so every year every after year. the three years we'll give them 700 pounds well of it starts out like 100 then 200 yeah but yeah, yeah. A full but, grown but a full-grown tree. tree will yes. give them about 700 mm -hmm. pounds and there's so much about wow. the tree that we just were learning as god mm. was revealing like the sap of the tree is used for glue it's buildable wood i mean mm -hmm. it goes on and on and on yeah. wow yeah so we're excited oh, i didn't even it. know about yeah. that that's uh, yeah. awesome yeah and now we, you're now you're just getting a whole economy going right. at this point. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the other thing. It's going to create jobs. Yeah. Breadfruit dried is made into flour. Not only can you eat it raw, you can also eat it cooked, baked, fried, stewed. You can mm. eat it anytime, it, whether it's mature yeah. or very very young. You can eat it all stages of growth, which is remarkable. And as it's been dried into flour, it's a gluten-free flour that a lot of markets are mm. very interested in, yeah. especially in the U.S. Yeah, everybody's gluten-free. So, but tell me about there. that not bringing like an economy though to I them know. from yeah. here, right? So I mean, we, we do it with coconut yes. flour and almond yeah. flour yes. and you know uh, yeah. cassava flour. Yes. This yep. would be huge. So this is going to create jobs for them. Yeah. And when mm -hmm. we presented it to them as an as the idea that God gave, it was like the reaction was so full of and joy. And they probably know it this fruit, awesome. right? Oh, I'm yeah. assuming it grows all over the island and other it places. It was so received, like with the most excitement you could imagine. I it could was, imagine. It that. was unbelievable. Mm. 
it was unbelievable. I mean, just they're excited. And as they should be, right? Yes. You're talking about changing uh, an entire region mm -hmm. for real. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're not yeah. just giving them like one fruit and saying, yes. here you go. I hope right, you guys exactly. make it through the night. Yes. But you're actually giving them work because somebody has to harvest these mm -hmm. things, right? Yes. Somebody has to look after them. And it's, everyone yeah. is involved. So it's not just us that are, you know, doing the trees or another organization right. giving us some trees. It's not just the people donating for the trees. It's them. Yes. They have to they harvest it. They can take pride it. in what they they're doing. Have to, yes, yeah. Exactly. Have Again, to. with the dignity yeah. thing. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Huge. Because they're they're eager to work. Yeah. You know? Wow. And yeah. it's, it's really humbling just to walk in those streets. The first time I went, I remember Sherry had asked me, what do you think? And I was just overwhelmed because there's something that sets into you that you really realize as a follower of Christ, we are spoiled brats. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, we are really yeah. spoiled brats. Church yeah. meetings, church buildings, you know, who's who and, you know, leading out in worship. We're just, we're not hungry praising mm. this awesome God. And mm. it was so humbling for me to see people in that type of need to be lifting their hands wow. for rain. You know, mm -hmm. I remembered I asked uh, Chris, one of the um, guys that went with us on the trip, such a, an awesome man of God. I said, what are they drinking for water? And he said, they're waiting for rain. <coughs> wow. How do they eat? How do they live? He said, they wait for rain. And these people are praising mm -hmm. God, you know, not for new cars, not right. for, you Lessons. know, you know, houses and more money. They're praising God just because breath is in their lungs. And I just thought it was such a humbling experience for me, but there is an sure overwhelming is. Wow. experience when you come off of that bus and mm -hmm. you're like, where do you even begin? Yeah, it is. Like, it's like not only the weather and the heat and the lack of clothes and the sickness, but the smell. Yeah. I mean, that was something you don't really see You're on television. You're not prepared television. for, right? Like, yeah. you can watch these things on television. But the problem like, is, is we can click it, too, on television. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the problem, right? Yeah. You start to go, oh, click. Yeah. Yes. Next. You know, we go to, the, we go to yes. that show we wanted to watch. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a different experience, well, which as, I've never yeah. experienced. As to I'm what one of you those. were saying, though, about fundraising, and this is something that just uh, came to light with really talking about the 900 Project and really going out there and just speaking about the need. You know, people are aware. People are very aware of, we have media that we've never had before. Mm -hmm. We have YouTube. People are aware. Mm -hmm. People just cut that awareness very, very short. Yeah. And that awareness is out there, but the desire to give and make change that's the part where where we ask people to just like open their hearts up mm -hmm. and and give and understand mm -hmm. that we are living in such luxury and just a little gift of whatever a month or or just one time it, i mean pe people need that to live right yeah. And we're getting Starbucks, you know? Right. People really are starving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People are really sick. There's really wounds that stink and smell. And as somebody who claims God, mm -hmm. we need to be responsible for what we know. You right. know, that's, that's something that um, is really resonating with me as I talk about the 900 Patrick, as I go out there and just speak on it, because I feel like people are over-aware. Mm. It's like, where are the hearts of people, right. just as human beings, yeah. but God and, followers, it, and you know, I think the also, I think what could, could be is the over-awareness, meaning yes. over-having too yes. much information, yes. right? Sometimes with the same thing as going and seeing all of these needs mm -hmm. and like, what do I do with all of this need? I don't know. I don't know even yeah. know where to begin. I think the same thing happens with the overload of information, yes. mm -hmm. right? Because it's not just Haiti. It's so yes. many different countries all over the world, including yes. our own, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So when we have this, this um, severe lack of poverty in all areas, mm -hmm. where do you begin? Where do you begin? Where do you begin? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, because there's an overload, mm -hmm. you are also getting information of um, nonprofit organizations that have stolen money yeah. or never did what they yes, said they were going to yes. do and then now you're like 
now who do I trust, yeah, exactly. right? Yes. So that happens too, right? So, um, you know, just in their defense a little bit, I think I'm one of those who had too much information and, um, and I do send money monthly to this organization for a child yes. in yes. India. Um, and I'm praying that mm -hmm. the money is making it right. to the family and in India. And that's all you can do is And that's all God. I can yes. do, right? Yeah. But, uh, but it's the same thing with, I think everybody else, they probably give a little here and a little there, but they're like, that's all I can do. And it's yeah. not true, we can do more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even I, meeting Sherry, decided that this is the one of yes. the I never am going on a mission trip person am going mm -hmm. and it's yes. because yes <laughs> because I cannot I, I, I just feel like you're doing something for real yeah and because you are truly an organization and I can actually mm -hmm. touch you and know that you're doing what you said you're going to be mm -hmm. doing and you are walking yeah. the walk and that's very difficult though for people who don't know you Yes. Right? Yeah. Because yes. then they're looking at you going, yeah, but what are you going to do with our money? Yeah. You know, are you paying your own yeah. mortgage? Or are you paying right. yourself? Yeah. And that is not what you're doing at mm -hmm. all. You guys have jobs. You work your jobs so that you can do this mm -hmm. for this organization. Mm -hmm. But if people don't know that about you, right. it's a little hard to trust, right? Because mm -hmm. there's so much information. There's just so much lies, too, you know, yeah. against uh, people. So you always have to, like, kind of decipher and get mm -hmm. all of that out, right? But this mm -hmm. breadfruit thing is amazing yes. and the way I think about this is I know that we are kind of just starting this campaign mm -hmm. right yeah. I just want to go every time you guys go mm -hmm. because I want to be there three years mm. from now when they are harvesting these things yeah. you know yeah. to feed their families yes. and to sell it and when we're there to purchase yes. something that they've yes. made out of yes. this right yes. I need gluten-free yes, gluten so <laughs> gluten flowers that yes. I'm gonna buy but I would buy that from there because yeah. I know where it's going yes. And that's just an amazing thing, right? And as you were saying, like, where is it going? And, uh, you know, there is a lot of shadiness with different organizations. I have to say, because Sherry would never say this about herself, but when I met Sherry, which is not that long ago. Um, I know, and you're and, so uh, passionate. You're was, all in. I was you're all her, in. I was hearing her, like, <laughs> talk about raising money, and I'm like, well, what'd you do the first time? You know, I never did this before. And she was like, well, the first time we came up a little short with the latrines, so we kept plugging away at it, plugging away. Then I looked at my house, and I looked at my husband, and I'm like, let's sell it. And I'm like, what? Okay, <laughs> and I'm like, that is awesome. We did have our house you know? on the market, I and I was very scared. And I'm like, I <laughs> am going yeah. with these people <laughs> right. again. Right, right? <laughs> you know, yes. I'm like, wow, yes. the heart. Because that the heart, is, exactly honestly, right. Honestly, that was one of the most exactly right. like impactful things. Like, these two were ready to put their house, or did put their house on the market so that these people in Haiti, who they counted as brothers and si sisters, they were willing to give whatever they had on this side wow. of the globe. Huge. To go over there and like, no, they're going to go to the bathroom in a latrine. You know, and I just thought Indignity. that was unbelievable. Dignity is With the wall, dignity yes. is, yeah. you, can't, you can't put a price There's on dignity. No, yeah. You awesome. can't. How many people are on this uh, team of yours because... You know, this is a big project. Yeah. So I, you know, or like, like in total or like the trip? No, in total. Like, who do you have working on, or who got you know? Because I know you guys started with the nine hundred latrines, right? Yeah. Are those same people kind of in the in the in this also in this phase of it, like in Dominican Republic and Haiti and stuff? Oh, like the leadership. Yeah, like the leadership. Yeah. And the so so we still have the leaders. Um, and we meet with them every time okay. on our trip. And now that we have the breadfruit campaign, we'll go down a little bit more. So they're a part of this too. Yep. So we have people in Haiti and the Dominican Republic that help us. Here back in the States, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people that have helped us through the latrine project and are coming aboard for the breadfruit project. But as far as like running the organization, it's just really, uh, you know, about five people. <laughs> That's it, huh? And <laughs> a really big God. <laughs> yes. So uh, you didn't talk about, and I do want you to mention, how many trees are you thinking about bringing there? Um, how are you going to get them there? Right? Good like, question. what, what, yes, what, what? That's a very good question. <laughs> well, the number like is, <laughs> well, the number right now is we're getting 5,000 trees. 5,000 trees. Now, mm -hmm. is, that a, is that part of what... Um, God said to you guys when he told you about these breadfruit trees or is it kind of just a number that came up as you guys saw what was needed the 5,000 um, I think it was a little bit of both okay I think that you know as we began to pray God started opening up ridiculous doors and 
people were donating trees. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we needed the resources to get them, and we still do, mm -hmm. and we need the resources to get them in the ground. And everything okay. is costly. You know, it's costly. It's right. like we're, uh, we don't even know what we're up against, but we know that we gave them our word and oh, yeah. that we have a really amazing God that's going to just take us through. So yeah, yeah, we're yeah. just waiting for the resources to come in, and as they come in, we're putting in trees. Right. So are trees already put in any trees at all? Or? Yeah, we have four <laughs> okay. trees in, and then we, we have the others waiting to be put in. So when we are there in August, yes. we are I looking 300. at 300 trees mm -hmm. coming. So really? they're coming in segments. They're going to be 300, 300 trees, times. and then hopefully we can get 500 at a time to come. But the cost to bring the trees from where they are right now to um, where they need to be planted is something we're raising money for mm -hmm. to bring them. Mm -hmm. And where are they in Haiti, those trees right now, or yes. in Dominican Republic, or? So through this whole there. process, um, I believe Trees That Feed is a nonprofit organization. They right. grow trees, all different kinds of trees, mm -hmm. and they are in different countries, but they are in Haiti. They are and in Haiti. And so um, through a few phone calls and someone from the team reaching out, within like a week, this lady was like, I'll give you 3,000 breadfruit trees for free. So well, I mean, we were like, okay, okay, <laughs> Lord, we're on your plan. So we're like, whoa, whoa, you're going fast. So it was very <laughs> fast. So amazing. they're in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, okay. which is about an eight or ten hour drive. Okay. From so you got to get them from so there. So we just to have there. to pick yeah. them up. And I know the terrain is horrific, yes. and there's no paved road, so this is going to be fun. Yes. And it's dangerous <laughs> because of the yes. situation right now in Haiti. Uh -huh. In Port-au-Prince, where they are, there has been civil unrest for the mm -hmm. last three years. So we need to be aggressively getting worse. In a lot of prayer. Yes. So, before we wrap up, I want you to tell people really quickly where they can find you guys to donate mm -hmm. to you. Okay. Um, also, not just in money, but articles, right? Because mm -hmm. we need like backpacks and yes. all of yes. that is yeah. on your website, yes. correct? Yes. Okay. So. Um, we also um, talked a little bit, or we have personally talked a little bit about adopting a tree, like each person mm -hmm. maybe yes. even adopting yes. a tree. So I want you guys to quickly close this out with that information. Yes, so, you want me to go? Mm -hmm. you go? Okay, um, so the <laughs> so cost of a tree mm -hmm. with the transportation, the planting of the tree, and the labor is around $75. That's easy, yeah. easy. So yeah. we are just looking for people to sponsor a tree, which would help a family or multiple trees yeah. um, to be going out. And like we said, uh, we committed to them personally. Yeah. We gave them our word. So no matter what happens, we believe that God will provide. And you're at nine, the900project.org. The yes, dot org. Yeah. correct. Dot org. Um, yep. And so the way we can spread the word too is I know that you also have a video on YouTube mm -hmm. that's, yes. just, that's going through this whole discussion of mm -hmm. what you are doing. Yes. yes. Um, and so if people adopt a tree, I mean, we can easily adopt a tree per person in our family. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, yes. we spend that in Costco, yes. right. yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so oh, that right. is a, a really yes. reasonable yes. number, yeah. uh, $75 yes. for a tree mm -hmm. that grows in three years, 700 pounds yes. of fruit for yes. a family yes. and can change the whole landscape and trajectory. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, that's easy, right? Yeah. And there's so, also options to, if you want to do donate $100 a month, if you want to mm -hmm. do $30 a month, oh, that's you can great. do that as well. So right? there's an auto. Right. Yes, there's an auto. I didn't website. know that. Yeah. Okay, yes. that's good to know. And all of the money, not 10%, yeah. not five, all, every yes. single penny goes to the Haitian that people and the trees. amazing. Yes, yes. so that's, that's just amazing. something I really want to. Yeah. And support. not, yeah. no, and that's very rare. Mm -hmm. That's very rare. Yes. It's usually, oh, it's like, yeah. Maybe 20% and yeah, the rest yeah. is administration no, is, fees, yes. right? No, there no, are no is, administration fees. Because yes. you guys are doing it out this of your is, heart and yeah. you're really just yeah. depending on yes. people. And we're really hoping that everybody who has seen this segment mm -hmm. uh, will realize that 100% of the finances that are yes. raised for this project 
will go towards these yes. breadfruit yes. trees. For sure. So thank you guys so much thank for coming on. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And I want to have us all back here when we get back from this trip okay. in August because we can really then talk about what has been done, mm -hmm. what's going on with the scholarships, you know, everything like that. So that is phenomenal and I am yes. really, really, really excited. So this is the 900 Project. Please reach out to them. Please donate to them. It's an amazing organization and it is the900project.org. So please get on there. Whether you want to just adopt a tree, which is $75 a tree, maybe you can adopt one for you and the kids you and your husband mm -hmm. whatever you'd like so again thank you so much for joining me this is nina perez at straight talk no sugar added till next time <laughs>